you know, to actually change your own mindset, if you're a leader that's, uh, you know, afraid of losing your best employees, and because that's happening all the time, it's, ha- it's kind of accelerated in the last couple of years, that does take a mindset shift. It's like, how do I ensure that I'm creating a kind of workplace where I'm a talent magnet? You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. This is episode 120 of the Merge to Marketing podcast, and my guest today, he's a great guy. He's got a brilliant mind, Michael Hines. Mike is the author of The Myth-Guided Mind, Unleash Your God-Given Genius at Work and at Home. Mike is a corporate coach to creative leaders, top professionals, and rising stars. He amplifies innate strengths in his clientele and teaches how to apply these to real-life challenges. Now, today's episode, we talk about reintegration in the workplace, um, which is very important and relevant right now uh, because I think a lot of employees have become comfortable working at home. Um, They've established their routines and processes, and now we're in a position where we're plucking them out of their home office and bringing them back to the workplace. And with that comes a lot of challenges for the business owners and managers along with employees. And Today, we kind of dissect this in the episode uh, to help you make an easier transition into the workplace. In the end of this episode, we actually get into Mike's journey to writing his book, which is very interesting as well for uh, if you're looking to write your own book at some point. Um, he lays the foundation down on, on what it took to actually write those first words on paper and to a finished product, which is a book which can be now found on Amazon. So check out my chat today with Mike Hines. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast, and this is episode 120. And with me today is Michael Hines. And Mike Hines is uh, is the author of The Myth-Guided Mind. And I'm excited to get into a conversation with Mike here today because, you know, I've kind of been following Mike along his uh, author journey here for, for a little while now. So I'm excited to, to hear what Mike has to say about the topic we're talking about today, which is reintegration in the office, deep stories to thrive or flounder. Mike, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks, Jay. Great to see you in person or, well, we're virtual in person. You know, it's just been back and forth via email lately, but here we are and really yeah. excited to be on the show. 100%, definitely. So uh, first and foremost, Mike, I, w- I want to ask, you know, tell us a bit about Mike Hines, your journey and to where you got to today and, and bringing you to the point of becoming an author. Wow, you know, that's a bit of a long story. So I'm 50 years old, father of a six-year-old daughter. Um, probably the best thing I've ever done is, is right there. Um, and she's featured in the preface of the book and things like that. Uh, long journey, you know, uh, typical in some ways, university had to take a year off. So the false start and then back at it. Um, after that, I taught first year psychology uh, after my undergrad. Bounced around doing some day jobs, really wanted to be a psychotherapist, but back in the day, you know, 30 years ago, you had to go through more of a mentorship style training, took a long time, seven, eight years. And so I had day jobs. I worked in subprime mortgages. I worked at a butcher shop, um, did a bit of a garden center. And, you know, that's not even it. Painted houses, you know, a few things like that. And then back into banking. Got out of there, finally got the psychotherapy practice going. And that was my real passion. 
I studied myths. I studied, you know, embodied psychology before it was a thing. I was into things like interoceptive awareness. And, you know, some of the other grad students were like, wow, you're so effective. Like we studied the brain here and cognition. So I was a little out on the fringes, but now it's right where everything is at um, in terms of human development and Believe it or not, these days where people are turning, you see companies like IBM using the word empathy. Like, where does that come from? Well, AI's coming. And, you know, we always cared about our, our people in the workplace, but now it's super important. So I'm out of being a therapist, into being a coach, talking to business people, um, creative professionals, business owners on a daily basis now, trying to make sense of, hey, you know, there's a bit of a bloodletting in my industry how do I help my business survive this? Why is empathy so important now? Now, does it have to do with obviously the circumstances, you know, that uh, that we've been in in the last couple of years um, with the pandemic, or does it derive from a lot of the Gen Zs that are now entering the workforce as well, which are a, it's a different generation? Well, I'd say both, and and then some. I mean, you know, the the trends towards uh, much more data, the trends towards being digitally savvy. Um, AI in general uh, is putting pressure on, hey, me as a human being, what do I still have to offer to bring to the world? So my creativity and, you know, like my, my old, uh, what we would call the people skills, we're now saying, no, no, these are actually hard skills in the new world, um, just like you're saying. So Gen Z, um, it's kind of funny, you know, a, a thing went around a little while that was a pejorative term called snowflake. But if you take a look at hashtag snowflake now, they've owned that term. And they've said, hey, we're not putting up with this, you know, baby boomer style of workplace. Why would I ever go and grind behind a desk for, you know, almost no money when I can open up my own YouTube channel, have an Instagram, TikTok. You guys even hear about TikTok? I'm going to live there by myself where you're not looking, you know, <laughs> like lots of those things. So, so yes, it's that. Yes, it's big data. And, you know, the last couple of years is COVID thing. You know, is it on? Is there another wave? Whatever. But People are bringing problems that, you know, we used to go to work, so we'd have eight, 10 hours a day, and that's where I could get things done. I could turn off whatever my personal situation was. I could feel accomplished and, you know, go back and face my problems if they were still there, if they hadn't resolved themselves, but feel good about myself and say, you know what? I stepped away from for a little while. I've got a good day's work in. Now I can rethink things and approach things better. So... Instead of that, a lot of people are coming in saying, look it, I'm at home, I've got three kids, they're coming into the middle of my meeting, I'm losing it, maybe I have to just take a year off. And you're now as a leader, as a manager, as a supervisor saying, no, 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 wait, 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 you like, tell me more. That's noise we didn't have to put up with before. And... You know, then you say, well, what do you mean noise? This is my life. And it's like, all of a sudden, right, it stops being noise in the workplace to, this is a person who I do really care about, who is really important to me, to my business. And so empathy all of a sudden is a thing. So let's talk about empathy and, and that for a second in regards to uh, a business owner or manager in the business where, you know, you're helping to encourage people to get better and, and understand their goals. You know, a lot of times I can sit here and think uh, that some, that a goal is maybe growth in the company promotion, but I could be totally wrong with that. But how, what are some tactics that I can deploy to kind of better gauge um, people working beneath me or under me or as a, as a business owner, your employees? 
Yeah. So, I mean, you've got to, you've got to be the one who's setting the vision, you know, particularly as the business owner level, the leader level, you are setting the growth vision, the, the people side of uh, vision. And there's going to be, you know, what we, what we often think about is who are my customers? What's my relationship to them? You know, what am I doing each step along the way that's going to nurture this relationship? That's going to, you know, I often hear you say things like no like, and trust. So how are they going to know me? How are they going to like me? How are they going to trust me? It's not different. But all of a sudden, we actually have to apply that to our employees. So we have to have that conversation with like, who are you? You know, who's in your life? What are you doing in this desk? Um, what's your real why? And that's where the story tar- starts to take on a whole new dimension. Like, you know, it used to be hang out at the water cooler, maybe go for a beer on Friday, get to know people on that level. But all of a sudden, we got to know what's really making this person tick. What makes them drive? What makes them come back and see, you know, this desk and do this work for me? Um, you know, are they here to create something? Are they here to make a difference? Are they here to just like punch the clock and uh, get back home as quick as possible or, or you know, w- whatever hybrid situation we're in, you know, turn off the laptop as fast as possible, whatever the case may be. And, and it's really different for employees. We need to know that now. It's so it's so important uh, that you bring this up because I think you're right. You know what what really motivates a lot of us historically. You know whether it's you know whether you're a millennial or or uh, Gen X. You know it's like yeah. certain things motivated you that that don't motivate the new generation. And I think you're right, Mike, where you say it's it's a matter of having that conversation, to understand what makes them tick. You know what I mean? What's the motivation, and how as a business owner can we facilitate that growth? Even if it is personal growth, if you want to yep. clock out at, at 401, cool. Um, you know, but how can we help, you know, motivate you even more to get up the next morning and do a great job of work? You know yep. what I mean? And, and I think that is such a good point. And that's some of the things, you know, that, that Gen Z, um, Gen X has brought to the workplaces. Look, look at, you know, you're doing it this old way. It's not efficient. I've got some tools. I've been, I grew up with them. I'm going to, you know, do in two hours what you're asking me to do in eight hours. And I don't want to have to sit here, pretend like I'm working, surf the internet or be on my phone in a clandestine fashion, you know, make sure my mouse is moving around because you're monitoring, you know, motion and and keystrokes. Like we've got some real divides um, and there's a ton of upside where, hey, if we really want to use people at their best and we really want them to feel like they're making a contribution and that's, it's actually going into their growth strategy, whether it's with it, with our company or, whether we're just a stepping stone and they're going to go do their own thing in five years, hopefully, you know, um, we got to use some of that stuff. So there's, there's whole trends happening where um, we need to look at efficiency in a whole new way. And we need to look at productivity in a whole new way. So it's not hours on a clock and, and kind of that industrial notion of, Hey, you know, you're here for 40 hours and I'm going to stand over you and make sure you're working, which we might have needed to do in the variety of kind of widget models of making things in a workplace. Now it's like, hey, there's this really important task that's going to serve, you know, this section of my business. How fast can you need to get it done? I'd like to see you with a little bit of power, a little bit of creativity, but this task is important. What do you think? And that's a new conversation in a lot of places. Definitely. And and that's just focused really heavily on on the result at the end of the day. It's yep. not putting in the 40 hour week. If, and, and we we live in this in our own agency and we swear by it. It's like, just get what you need to get done. Yep. And then no matter how long it takes you to do it, just just get it done. And 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 we're happy at the end of the day. And uh, it's, uh, you know, we've we've actually went as far as, you know, 
we've given a lot of thought to this because majority of our employees are Gen Z's hired right out of university. Yep. And, um, and they are different. What it motivates them is different. So we've actually encouraged them to decorate our office. Something so small, but something, it's, it's, it's your workspace. Like we empowered them. You guys want to paint the office, paint it. You guys want to color on the walls. You guys want to do handprints on the walls. I could care less. Just, just totally. go ahead and do it. You have that power to do that. And uh, and I think they, I, I really do think they appreciate something small like that. But it's little things like that that I think people can find in their own business that is kind of unique, but just kind of empowering them to, to make those decisions for themselves. Yep. And then, you know, having that sense of personal power and whether it's to get a laugh or get a reaction or, or to actually just to, you know, I mean, we all have those needs for belonging, that need to create, that need for, you know, love and affection. So if you're giving some of that to your worker in the workplace, there is a bigger demand now. It's like, hey, I need to find meaning in my in my work or, hey, I need to have a sense of belonging. I need to have a sense of connection. Those are demands that we would not necessarily have either wanted to bring to a single place. And, and you know, maybe we wouldn't have needed to. And the last couple of years are kind of driving both of those things a little higher. So, you know, to work for somebody like you that says, yeah, go for it. And well, that opens up a conversation. It's like, you know, hey, Jay, I did this thing with the painting. Like, what if I can do this on, on the next application or the next creative project? And you're probably like, yeah, man, go for it. I saw the painting. Like, yeah. I got some confidence in you. Like, let's see what you got. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and it's really creating sort of a it's a flat hierarchy. It really is, you know. You take that initiative. We encourage initiative, and I think a lot of businesses out there need to kind of encourage that. And and you know, to your point that you brought up a few minutes ago, there, Michael, is is that people want to maybe five years are not going to be here. They have different aspirations and achievements that they want to accomplish, and your business might not be a part of the picture. But that's okay because, you know, if you are a stepping stone. It is what it is, but I think you can all just do what's in your power to kind of ensure it's a really good chapter in their journey. You know what I mean? I, well, I hate I mean, to put it that way, but you don't want to you don't want to lose a good employee. But again, exactly. like you don't really have a choice. You can either they can leave you with a with a with a, a good chapter in their story or a negative one. And that's the thing for leaders nowadays is like, how do I get to that mindset where I could be losing my best people all the time? And some people, and this is this has got to do with who's thriving. Um, they've actually got a workplace culture where it's like, hey, you're here. Um, we're going to hire you because you're interested in growing. And then we're going to demand a lot out of you. And then we're going to see to it that you're growing here, you're growing there. Like we are just on a human level, interested in you on a human level. Um, if you're in that kind of uh, older mindset, more hierarchical, and, and some businesses rely on it. Like you're not going to say all of a sudden, well, you know, the government works on, on a flat hierarchy. Well, no. You know, like <laughs> we got a prime minister and then down and down and down and down from there. Um, <clears throat> it's not going to happen. But, you know, to actually change your own mindset, if you're a leader that's, uh, you know, afraid of losing your best employees and because that's happening all the time, it's, ha it's kind of accelerated in the last couple of years. That does take a mindset shift. It's like, how do I ensure that I'm creating a kind of workplace where I'm a talent magnet? Because right now, what we've seen is we've got, you know, the real haves and the have-nots. There are, you know, employees fleeing certain workplaces and running towards other workplaces. Some is for pay, but oftentimes it's not. It's for culture and it's for that feeling of, wow, I'm not just, you know, one piece in this person's design for a bottom line. And I'm going to be used until I'm burned out. It's going to be, I'm actually going to come out richer financially, career-wise, skills-wise, and we're both going to be better off at the same time. So it's a different kind of um, relationship that 
the workplace and, and you know, our working culture in general is starting to demand off of us. Real quick, guys, are you an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a marketing director that's wearing way too many hats? You find yourself doing too many different types of jobs within the business and allocating your attention everywhere. There's a good chance if you're doing this, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. This is exactly why Merged Media exists. We're your one-stop digital shop, your outsourced CMO. We take care of all of those digital marketing tasks all under one roof including Google ads, search engine optimization, social media marketing, and website optimization. We're all collaborating together under one roof at Merged Media. And if you think there might be a good fit for us to work with you, I want you to go on over to merged.ca and book your discovery call today. That's merged.ca. Love it. That's awesome. And, and uh, I know we're, we're um, kind of going down a rabbit hole here. Um, love it. Want, uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love rabbit holes. But I want I, I do want to circle back and talk about the, the title of this week's episode, which is that reintegration yeah. in the office. Um, maybe you can, you can give some pointers or tips because I know it's very tough. You know, it's almost like a muscle that hasn't been worked in a while is, is going back out there and socializing again in person. Yeah. And, um, what are some some tips that you can give you know uh, managers and business owners on facilitating that reintegration into the office? You know, there's uh, there's a few things in terms of the reintegration. So some industries have been you know essential and they've been doing it all the way along, and they've you know we can borrow from what they've done well and what they haven't. So hey, there's there's been a lot more anxiety going around in the world. Some is exactly that. So I've suddenly got social anxiety, social awkwardness. Um, and people are responding different ways. You know, some people like, like they see you again and they're, they're running to hug you. Like they haven't seen a human body or your human body in quite some time where you're like, Hey, I wasn't, you know, we didn't have that kind of relationship to begin with, you know, physical touch, give me some space. Um, <clears throat> but it might freak out another person. Now that's kind of a metaphor for what's going on inside. Like we all have some need for connection, but we're not necessarily on the same page for how it works. And we need to think about that in terms of, what our workplace looks like. Do we have, you know, the physical safety in terms of, you know, all the new guidelines, regulations, COVID, we open, we closed. And do we have that psychological safety? Do I have a workplace that feels safe for people to come in and not be socially anxious? And what about the people who are, say, parents? Like there's a lot of demands at home. Is there a different kind of healthcare need? And, and you know, if it's... Um, health issues or is there a different kind of childcare need? And so in terms of, you know, things that you might want to take a look at, um, we've always had policies around that, but we need to really take a look at them. Are my workers covered in terms of who they love and who's healthy? Are my workers covered in terms of do they have elderly parents? Do they have children? What's going on in that respect? And, you know, that's kind of some key things to really look at. And, the question about anxiety is like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I got an MBA. I didn't go and do what you did, Mike, and, you know, all that therapy and psychology studies. You don't have to. But you can just take a minute, ask a question, what's going on with your life? And then say, no, 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 really, what's going on? Like, ask it a second time. And people start to open up probably now more than ever. And, you know, I'm not saying we all have to be, you know, open books and, and hearts on our sleeve just so that they can step on. Like, I'm not saying be foolish or naive on either side of this, 
But the vulnerability that we've all been forced into is creating opportunity, a huge opportunity for all of us to be better humans. This reintegration thing can be messy. I mean, that's actually what's driving a lot of my business now is people saying, yeah, yeah, we tried these quick tips and can you come in and give us some more like techniques or have a conversation for us? Or my superstar coworker is now languishing. Do you know what that word is? It's like, don't worry about the word. Just, just listen to the sound of it. You know that they're not at their best, right? You know, languishing. It's got anguish in the middle and stuff, right? It doesn't, doesn't need to be a technical term, but we've got people that are no longer themselves. And we've seen how, how much of a star they are, and now they're not. So it's like we can use that kind of gap. We, we know that in a business level. It's like, okay, things are here. We want them there. How do we put in some steps? And we can do it in dialogue. I'd say most of all, you know, look up some Kim Scott, Radical Candor, some servant leadership. You know, do some things like that. Have a look and have the conversations. When it comes to going back into the office, um, you know, is it like because uh, you can see how traumatic it could potentially be when you go from working at home five days a week to coming yep. into the office five days a week? Like it's pretty yep. extreme. Should it be something that that business owners kind of ease into? It really depends on your business. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's only ten percent in, in recent surveys are saying, "Hey, we're going to do work from home from ever," and mm-hmm. it's somewhere around 50, 60, 70 percent, depending which industry we're going hybrid. And then 30% roughly are saying, yeah, it's back to work. It's the only way our business functions. Mm. And there's realities there. So easing into it can work. You're going you're gonna to encounter resistance. So I know um, a VP I was talking to recently saying, hey, you know, we're going to do back to work in October. It didn't actually turn out. Uh, you know, we're going to do it in January. <laughs> Looks like it didn't actually turn out. <laughs> um, but he started getting questions like, you know, well, if I come back to the office, do I get a parking spot? He's like, mm, well, no. And then, then stop and says, well, but why do you need a parking spot? Well, I don't want to get back on transit. So your obstacles are not really your obstacles. And it is being good at what we're probably already good at in business is asking that next question. You know, it's like peeling away the layers of the onion. The person, you know, has fears around traveling in public transit suddenly. They never did before. It's around health and safety. So easing in... Um, you know, might make sense on some level. It's like you got to have some conversation to make sure, say, that person feels safe. But what if you go hybrid model and you're easing people in and you're saying, okay, everybody has to come back to work two days a week, but everybody picks different days. So you still don't have mm. anything any different. We're all sitting on Zoom or, or the equivalent and nobody sees each other and you're not developing those kind of contact conversations. I mean, it doesn't make sense, right? It's It's, it's been so interesting because we've had a, you know, a, an a you know, an epiphany in our business where it's kind of like when we got thrown into this working from home back in 2020, it was kind of like, okay, how's this going to work? You know, we're going from the, uh, naturally we're already in the office three to four times a week anyway. Um, But uh, when we transitioned to working from home five days a week, we noticed that we were getting a lot more productivity out of our employees. And, uh, you know, people were working in silos now um, and people were getting more done. They weren't, you know, bogged down by having conversations with other people at the office, the water cooler talks, things like that. that, Um, But that has its cons as well, right? Because now you're missing out on those sort of, you know, bigger, you know, meetings, those high level kind of discussions on where you want to take the business or where you want to work with a certain department and achieving these goals and things like that. Now you're having these conversations over Zoom. It's just not the same thing. Your mind can't go in certain 
areas or directions when you're having these conversations over Zoom, I found. It was more, you know, those are conversations that happen in person where you hit a whiteboard up and you're throwing ideas around and all yeah. this type of stuff. So it definitely has its cons. But I think, you know, I found at least, you know, for our own agency, it's like, you know what, a perfect model is being at the office once a week, which is Wednesday. And that meeting is strictly dedicated to team meetings, office meetings. And you can't really book me on a Wednesday because we're having internal meetings yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Everyone's kind of breaks and does their own thing and gets things done. And but you're talking about some of the, the perfect world things like Cal Newport's been hammering away on this for, for years now is how inefficient our, our work is when we're constantly disrupted by emails, by office chatter. And, you know, he kind of throws out some case studies of like, okay, here's where some of the top minds in MIT and places like that, where you're siloed for a certain period of time. And then you have these really interesting conversations where you all get together and you have access to something like a whiteboard. Like the problem with, with all we're doing, you know, a good laptop of high quality, but you're like this big on me. It's like, mm. it's not the same as being able to visualize something over, you know, a giant wall, three, four walls, maybe some glass in between and like writing all over it, graffiti maybe in a, in a case like yours on the walls of mm. people are doing their own painting. And having that human interaction where, you know, where you're really creative and the ideas start to pop, like you, you get that kind of popcorn effect where ideas are bouncing off of one mm. another. That really needs to be in person from what we know so far. I mean, tech's not stopping. We might, we might get there, but so far so good um, in terms of that. And do make it kind of sacred. Like everyone's going to be here. We're going to do this. We're going to make sure it's safe, open windows, whatever you need to do. doesn't matter, but you need that kind of connection. And that's also the kind of time where you're saying, hey, what are you doing after? Do you want to like go throw a ball around or a frisbee? And people are like, well, I don't, I don't know if I still do that. Or yeah. like you can have some of those things to, to bust off the awkwardness um, and, and actually get to know people in a different way. It's like, how do they move around in the world? Like we actually kind of, um, and you know, if we look at empathy, it's our whole body as human beings. We know this from TV, from theater, when we want to see how someone's behaving in the world, if we get an actor to do it, they shape their whole body, their face, their their gestures, their tone of voice. That's what we miss over Zoom. You know, and, and that's some of that, that actual, we are human beings, flesh and blood. We regulate one another. That's the kind of stuff that's really important, but really important to get right in the reintegration. Getting out of whatever kind of awkwardness, discomfort, you know, sometimes worse, phobia, depression, anxiety, alcohol, like, and, and coming back to being our best selves and doing it in the workplace and actually getting the rewards. Like work is really one of the, the foundational things for so many people. You go back to Freud. He said there's only two things that cure, work and love. So as business owners, as, you know, leaders in this profession, we actually have an opportunity to make the world a better place, but at the same time, you know, get more done, get it done better, you know, become leaders, you know, and grow the business, right? So it can really be a huge win-win. Definitely. Let's talk about uh, your book, Mike, the uh, the misguided mind, uh, the yeah. misguided mind. What, uh, give us maybe the Coles notes in terms of what it's about and wh where can people purchase it? Um, so people can purchase it on Amazon. Um, MythGuidedMind, Amazon.ca.com, etc., like that. We've got ebook and um, you know paperback audios. 
probably out by the time we're well, hoping hoping it's out by the time this launches we'll see <laughs> schedule's a little slower on that one um and i love how you did that little little misstep it was kind of built into the title you said misguided at least half the people that come back at me say that <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, funny. that's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek you know like the, you, if you get to know me a little bit you'll see that hey you know if, if we're not laughing we're not learning and so the myth guided mind is in one sense, a little play on words. And in another, it's like, how do we stop telling ourselves these tired out, worn out stories that we get stuck in, you know, call them unconscious beliefs or limiting beliefs or, or whatever, or, you know, the world's against me, or I was doing fine till this COVID thing happened. Now I'm ruined. Like, how do we stop those kind of stories and start telling ourselves new ones that are empowering that lead us to more connection, that lead us to, you know, greater wealth, um, that enhance our family life. So that was the idea behind the book. And a lot of those kinds of stories, those things that do deep transformation that take out us, out of those victims kind of states and into empowered states, it's in mythology. We don't, I didn't even have to rewrite it. There's thousands of years of this stuff floating around, but we've discounted in favor of, you know, some of this kind of system one style thinking where, you know, we've got a, kind of catch people's attention. We've got a logical situation and pull them into where, you know, as marketers, hey, we know, like people might tell us one thing, but their buying decision is completely on another level. It's emotional. Um, it's driven by irrational things. It's held by bias. So the book was trying to get at those stories and open the door. It's a personal journey. You know, there's a couple of things that, you know, were really difficult in my life and teens. You see what happened, how I got through them, you know, what's at the other end. So the main thing is coming back is this book's super inspirational. Now they're telling me I need a workbook to make it step by step. So I guess that's coming next. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm an I'm an audio uh, consumer of books. I have Audible, so I'll be looking forward to when you do launch the audio version of you the Guided Mind for sure. Oh, a little pressure, healthy kind. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. And uh, and and Mike Almer uh, helped you write the book. Mike Almer over at Catapult and Linda were absolutely fantastic. Like, look them up. Um, you know what? That process was transformational for me. I had this idea, and I'm like a lot of people. It's like, I got this idea. I want to write a book. And it was a decade. And and I'd written stuff and tried stuff and done stuff. But I tell you, um, you know, they're, they're effectively ghostwriters. But I tell you, they're geniuses because they take your story and they find a central element. And then they say, you know, what's really important about that and how can we build from that and how can we actually find your conclusions because it's your conclusions that other people want to learn about and what really gives the high-end value and you know a few conversations with mike and linda and i had a book in like no time it was unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They are amazing. And, and we have had Mike on uh, a couple episodes of the Emerge Marketing podcast. Go over and check those out. Uh, I also had my my book written by uh, by Mike and Linda there. And it's crazy. You're absolutely right. Mike. you don't have any idea what that book's going to be about. You know, after you have these conversations with Mike, he figures yeah. it out for you. And uh, yeah. if you were to given if you were to be given a piece of pen and a paper, there's no chance you'd probably be writing the myth guided mind. <laughs> no, there's Mike's no input. way. I mean, I was living it. I was kind of blind to my own story and they kind of pulled it out right out of me. And I mean, you know what? There's, there's people with decades of experience. 
Like they are actually professional writers. And I found my game just got upped so much by hanging out with people that were amazing. Again, not a secret, but why hold yourself back? Like if there's someone that's better than you are, go find them and hire them. Like it, it should be obvious, right? <laughs> 100%. 100% live by that. I love it. I want to get it tattooed on my back. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a great quote. Um, but uh, if uh, Mike, if, if our audience has any questions for you or wants to reach out, how can they get in touch? You know, fastest way these days is LinkedIn. Um, uh, buy the book. Uh, the MythGuidedMind.com is uh, the website for the book. And um, maybe you can put my my email up on there as well. So on the show notes below. Yes, definitely. You can, you'll get the link, check out the show notes for this episode, episode 120. Uh, we're going to link to the Amazon, uh, Amazon page where you can purchase the book, um, as well as Mike's contacts there as well. And we'll link over to episode 81 of the Merge Marketing Podcast with Mike Almer, why you need your book written. So, awesome. uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, cool. Awesome. Uh, we answer, we end every show, Mike, with the same question. That question is this. If you can choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? You know what? I think I'll go with, uh, I might have said something earlier, but Cal Newport came up today, and I think it's super relevant. Um, stop being so busy. Start getting at what's really meaningful, and then go get it done. Love it. I love it. Amazing. Uh, Mike, we could have talked for a couple more hours here, but uh, <laughs> we're going to cut it short here at, at 30 minutes. So uh, thanks again, Mike. Appreciate your time. And we'll be talking to you again real soon. Love it, Jay. Keep killing it, man. Thanks for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. I truly appreciate it and would love it if you went over to your podcast platform and gave us a subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, if you think the Merge Marketing Podcast is a good fit for somebody else, like your business partner or your spouse, just go on over and give this episode a share. I'd love it if you would share the wealth of knowledge and value that I'm bringing to you and share it to other people. That would be amazing. Again, thank you so much for listening. Don't set up for good. Be great. We'll see you soon.